0: Hello everyone. Welcome to the Knotts Momentum podcast. I'm your host Sinan and I'm joined by my full roster of co-hosts this time. We've got Aaron. Hello there. And we have got Sam, the good Sam Harris. Hello. How are we? <laughs> I'm all right. It's, uh, we're recording this just so everyone gets a bearing on where we are mentally the day after the tier four incidents occurred. <laughs> and so some of us might be a little bit raw after that, for reasons we don't need to go into in too much detail, because we're talking about our favourite figure, our favourite public figure, Sir Keith Starmer QC. Uh, And whether or not he's a wet wipe, which apparently is now a question we have to ask, because I think the answer's obvious. It's yes. Guys, if I asked you to decide before we do do this episode, is Keith Starmer a wet wipe, what would you have said?
1: I think for me... I would have said that about maybe two weeks into his leadership. I think, yeah,
2: definitely. It's, a, it's, it's an urban, it's, it's laughable how it's such an urban slang that's being used on such a, a non-working class leader of the Labour Party. So I, I bet Urban Dictionary was used many a time by him and the, him and his team.
0: Yeah, because that's kind of the reason why we have to talk, because normally, you know, as great a publication as Galdem is, and as good a writer as Moya lovian mclean is, normally her work and the work of someone in that publication doesn't get a response from the extremely online office of the Leader of the Opposition, but this did, and it's kind of astonishing, um, and we've got, we've got the document fanta- prepared excellently by uh, Adam, who did this at very short notice, and we don't thank him enough, we're very appreciative. But yeah, that's the kind of astonishing thing, and we'll, we'll go for it. So on the 15th of December, Galdem, an online magazine that shares perspectives from women and non-binary people of color, published an article called Keir Starmer as a Wet Wipe, which, you know, fine. It's a great headline. It certainly got me to click on it, and it was a very good article. I, uh, did either of you two read the article not for the podcast? <laughs> that's the key thing here. Did you read it before we were doing the podcast on it?
2: I did have a skim read through it. Because I think a lot of a lot of quite um, influential people on the Twitter sphere did uh, share it, and I did have a skim read, and I thought it was quite interesting. Um, I may have laughed a lot in it.
0: Yeah, Aaron, yeah. I know you're
2: less
1: online than me and Sam. I am. I do have some social media though, so it wasn't entirely outside of my um, sphere of operations, so to speak. <laughs> it did come into it, and I did have a read. Yeah. It brightened up my day.
0: Yeah. So this is this is a way for me to pressure Aaron into getting a Twitter so I can finally start like tagging him in the stuff so we could act- so I could actually give proper credit where maybe. it's due but maybe we'll see I think you'd be very good at it yeah. or at least you'd find some of the stuff funny but yeah, yeah. Um, so we move on to the next part which is the ri- writer Moya Lovian McLean who I mentioned earlier says that Keith's leadership has been defined by a distinct lack of action the article had been written just a day after Keith failed to challenge a caller's racism on a radio phone and that was the LBC Great Replacement Theory incident. That's probably the mildest way I could have phrased that, actually, given some of the stuff I did tweet about it. But so to, to sort of set the scene, Keith's on LBC, the racist radio phone network, basically. And he's sat across from notorious racist Nick Ferrari, which, you know, it's fine. Apparently you can share a platform with Nick Ferrari and that's okay. And a caller comes in and pushes the... I think verifiably false notion of uh, that white British people will be a minority by 2066 doesn't seem to be borne out by any facts I could find on the matter, but this is the Great Replacement conspiracy theory that some mysterious force that we will not name is orchestrating immigration to replace native indigenous British people, whatever that is, I don't know what that is. So, Moya lovian McLean writes that since Keefe became the Labour leader, now, We're going to have to test my reading skills here, so everyone please bear with me. I'm not a strong reader sometimes. It's become clearer that Keir doesn't particularly stand for anything. Instead, his tenure as Labour leader has so far been marked by profound cowardice and fence-sitting. He's combined both an unwillingness to offer anything in the way of new ideas, new policies, and steps forward, with a simultaneous failure in defending existing left-wing battlegrounds and minority groups. At a time when it's never been easier to oppose faltering Tory policy and promote left-wing alternatives to misery, he has instead chosen time and time again to remain silent. If Keir's first year in power can be summed up in one word, it would be abstention. Ouch. Like, that—that that is, that is, if you're Keir Starmer's staff and you are incredibly online and have decided to read this, I can understand why he'd be a bit upset. Like, a little bit upset, maybe.
2: It is, a, it is a, a brilliant wording and the end of that, that paragraph there, just abstention, just explains exactly what's going on within the, the Parliamentary Labour Party at the moment, especially with the uh, leader of the opposition.
0: Yeah, so I, I hope my dramatic reading uh, did, justice to the, did justice to the great writing there. So there is the sentence, if we picked a sentence to summarise it, here it is. Try and name a single Keir Starmer policy. Go on, think of it now. Anything? Nope. Like, yeah, kind of got him there. I mean, there are there are some things like, um, you know, for, saying no ifs, no buts, the schools must be open. That sprang to mind. But uh, that also kind of feels a bit abstention-y when that was already government policy. So
2: the schools thing, another, another example of the Labour Party ignoring, well, not even the Labour Party, the leader of the opposition, ignoring... The huge unions that are saying, "Please, please, please, just be careful. Please, just don't go bullying a China shop with this." And uh, and he's ignoring it. Abstentionist Keith
0: is back on the train. Yeah, looks like Keith's back on the menu, boys.
1: Yeah, indeed. Well, he's. I feel as though obviously there have been a few stances taken by the Labour Party, but most of them they're either supporting the government or where they're not supporting the government they're kind of backed by already a majority of public opinion. Sort of uh, something where you couldn't go amiss. Anything where there might be a tiny bit of controversy in the public arena, and it's like, nope, not going there.
0: Yeah. So we'll, we'll push on. So it's a great article, but Galdem is only a relatively small news outlet. And this is... This is, I'll read out exactly what Adam wrote, because this is great phrasing. This was an L that someone in a senior political role, like the leader of the opposition, could easily brush aside. In fact, this is something that, and knowing people as I do who have done politics all over the place, even like minor candidates would probably ignore this and just go about their day. Why is the leader of the opposition taking notice of this? I don't know. (laughs) Like, is he the most thin-skinned man in politics? Who can say,
1: really? Really? I think, yeah, a lot of it is just he's never been used to criticism because since he's become uh, leader of the opposition, he's not really got much criticism from the mainstream press because, well, he's essentially, he's a good um, a good tool to kind of bash the left with, essentially. And, you know, he's always been highly respected, you know, of the Crown Prosecution Service, all of this. It just kind of He's never really been criticized, so I think if well, it, this yeah. gets under his skin, we'll wait and you know I really don't know what it's going to be like in the run up to the next general election
2: <laughs> well this is what this is what confused me at the start when i when I saw this um response from his team. I thought, oh, surely this is fake because you know surely this is someone doing a parody because the opposite the leader of the opposition and his staffers surely they're not going to respond to an you know a random article. Bearing in mind how many articles has been written about him in his tenure so far, but that you are right. I mean, as good as Galdem is, and I think it's a fantastic publication, it's not the it's not the Sun, it's not the Daily Mail, it's not the Guardian, and even though some of the articles written in those get ignored, so I just don't understand why he
0: bothered. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to get to the response because that's uh, it's quite uh, there's a tone to this that I'm not going to identify before reading it. But I want to see if you two guess what I think this is like. So, I'll re- so two days later, on the 17th of December, he waited two days to respond. Just, just to give you an idea of how astonishing this is. We found that the article had absolutely rattled Keefe. A source from Keefe's office told Politico the following. Since becoming leader, Keir has shown that the Labour Party is under new leadership. He secured a U turn on the NHS surcharge, has taken a zero tolerance stance on anti Semitism, exposed the government's incompetence, helped force a U turn on exams, committed the next Labour government to a new Race Equality Act to, stru- to tackle structural racism. Forced two votes to extend free school meals, led calls for a national circuit break, closed the gap on the Conservatives, and begun to climb the mountain to win the next general election. If I said this reminded me of something, what would you say it reminded me of?
2: In your vast brain, I couldn't possibly, couldn't <laughs> My possibly very vast comment. Brain.
0: Um, <laughs> suddenly, I'm Brendan O'Neill with the large brain over here. Um, <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll I'll spare. I'll stop torturing you. It reminds me of a personal yeah. statement that you write for university.
2: Yes, yes, and I was gonna say either a cover letter or some sort of like. Yeah. It also, it, what came into my head is you know when you know fish and chip shops change ownership and there's a big banner out the front that says you know under new management. It just it's just one of them things that's like, course yeah. But obviously that's how a leadership election works. Yeah, like I,
0: it. It turns out. By hiring a new manager, we are under new management. Who could have
1: seen this yeah. coming? <laughs> it's just since, laughable. Since becoming, a lead, since becoming the leader, he's shown that there's a new leader.
0: Just... I
1: mean, that's generous.
0: That's a generous interpretation of what's happened yeah. the where At the least... press coverage has been. and you know,
2: At least Sakia has, uh, has, has realised that he is the leader and therefore he is a new leader because he's not been a leader. So, you know, we, we're one step through the uh, through the problematic stage.
0: God, this is this is giving me a headache just thinking about it. Um, <laughs> so. Here's, here's the thing with this statement, as personal statement in cover letter as it is, the majority of the examples here are either instances where the Labour Party has jumped on a bandwagon in terms of campaigns that already existed. You know, or like, was pushed by other groups, like the exams fiasco or the extension of free school meals, which you know, Marcus Rashford was the big, the big name on that one. In fact, if Marcus Rashford was leader, I'd feel confident that Labour would be twenty points ahead. Or as a policy, you know, like you said, most people support everyone is, but more or less, uncontroversial policy. So, quite what we're, um, <laughs> quite what we're figuring out, quite what he's meant to be doing as leader is, you know, interesting. Now, Keith's response, so Adam has put this in, so I must, because it's a nod to me being very brain poisoned, so I must read it. Keith's response to being called a wet wipe only made him look more like a wet wipe. And he's put an image here of the infamous drill tweet I'm not owned, I'm not owned, I continue to insist as I slowly shrink and transform into a corn cob, which is a harrowing image. To imagine Keith shrinking into a cord cob, but there it is, dear listeners and my co-hosts. That is that is the that is what you have to live with now.
2: I, I just the, the entire statement, even even the laughable under new leadership comment, is is hilarious because all of all, I think majority, if not all of the points made, you are right, are from for example, the NEU had called National Education Union had called for schools to be closed the Marcus Rashford and the Free School Meals. Mark Drakeford, the leader of the uh, Welsh Labour Party, called for a circuit breaker in Wales. And then Keel went, yeah, that's a good idea, to be fair. (laughs) None of it has been the Labour Party storming ahead and being that kind of the leading power of saying, yeah, we need to do this. It's all been like, oh, no, that's quite a good idea. Copied and pasted. I just... (laughs)
0: Or he's jumping on the
1: bandwagon.
2: It's,
0: I just don't understand. Look, look, Kirk, as as someone who's done who did university for way too long. Let me give you some advice. If you're going to copy someone's work, at least change it enough so that you don't get caught copying it. You know, <laughs> like not that I would ever have done that or any of my friends ever did that. No, sir. Hundred <laughs> percent plagiarism. <laughs> so we we move we move forward in the in the document. So Keith claims. He secured a U-turn on the NHS surcharge when in fact the government U-turn was forced by public pressure from the millions of people who appreciate our NHS staff and came out to clap for our carers on Thursday evenings during the first few months of the pandemic. Keith was just a bystander. Now, there is this, that is a particularly good example, but there is this thing where he's like, no, no, I, I was totally there from the start, guys. I, I swear, you can see me right at the back of the pictures. I was there. I swear. Come on. Why would I lie? You would I you know? <laughs>
2: It is the case though,
0: isn't it? There is another part of this that we want to highlight of his statement. So, Keith has claimed that he's taken a zero-tolerance stance on anti-Semitism. Now, that is incredibly commendable, a commendable goal, one I think that we would all be in favour of. However, in July 2020, Labour MP and member of Keith's shadow cabinet, Steve Reed, used an anti-Semitic trope to refer to a Jewish person on Twitter. Keefe took no action against Steve Reed. It's worth noting that Steve Reed is considered a political ally of Keefe's, and he nominated Keith in the Labour leadership election. I mean, look, words mean things, right? I, I feel like constantly I'm arguing with people about words having meaning. Zero tolerance means you do not tolerate any of it. This doesn't look like zero tolerance to so Keith claims that he helped force a U-turn on how A levels and GCSE exams were graded, when in fact it was school students across the UK who protested against the government that forced a U-turn, not Keith. So yeah, this is this is the algorithm, if I recall correctly. The algorithm that strangely did strangely downgraded people in certain areas. Curious how that happened. I'm not sure.
2: Oh yes, the uh, the famous working class people do worse, therefore. Obviously, every working class area gets screwed over. Algorithm.
0: Yeah. yeah was it was, it? was it? Was a good one? Uh, put that out there. It was. It was not oh, the a one. Fan.
1: The one that had already been reversed by the Scottish government, definitely, and I think can't quite remember. Maybe the Welsh government as well. Yeah. So certainly. Uh,
2: but no, Keir Starmer was leading the way. Obviously, yeah. He was obviously. charging ahead. Obviously.
0: <laughs> I will say rare occasion where the Scottish government actually got out ahead of something that the, uh, the, British, the the UK wide government did correctly got out ahead, by the way. We're not saying that was bad. And the uh, Welsh government as well. So we move to the to the to the very public campaign, the one that everyone listening will 100 percent be aware of, which is Keith shamelessly claiming that he forced two votes to extend free school meals. And when clearly it was Manchester United and England footballer Marcus Rashford's campaign to extend free school meals, which forced the government into the U-turn, Keith was just the bystander. But yeah, I, look, I get that being a professional footballer who plays for England and is very good at football affords you a certain platform as well. But the leader of the opposition is not a minor figure. Like, if you hadn't heard what I said about free school meals compared to Marcus Rashford, fine. No, one, no one's going to be confused by that. But Keir Starmer is the leader of the opposition. He can put out press releases. He can make statements, speeches, whatever he wants. He can ask prime ministers questions. So, you know, and the fact that I can't recall occasions where he did this that weren't preceded by Marcus Rashford doing something perhaps tells us how how much of a bystander he was in this case.
2: Well, exactly. And I think if you want to be really cynical about this, which I do love to be, it's a young working class black lad fighting his corner, using a platform that he's built up himself to, you know, to represent the people, the areas in which he came from. And he has a lot of connections with doing a load of work for that, getting a result. And then, you know, middle-class Keir Starmer comes out and says, yeah, we did it. I did it. Mm. I'm not, that's what, for me, regardless of the political party nonsense of it, that set sits really uncomfortable with me because Marcus Rashford, I might disagree with him on a lot of things, but he put a lot of work in and then Keir Starmer said, yeah, yeah, I did it. Not a fan of that. No.
0: Yeah. So we, we have been treated in the notes I do like the illustrated notes So, uh, to an image of Marcus Rashford with the Chiron that says leader of the opposition during one of his, I think it's a post-match interview. But yeah, for real, for a while that was basically the de facto situation which uh, should concern us perhaps as much as Marcus Rashford was great. Should, he shouldn't have to do it. I'm sure he wants to get back to playing football and not having to do these sorts of things. And yet he's doing these things. And also, some I don't know if you two have seen it, but Gary Neville absolutely saw Keith off on Twitter. So he's losing the property developers too, that key demographic. Um, <laughs> you know, but OK, so we're going to tackle this claim because a lot of us will have seen the polls. So, you know, but we'll see. So Keith claims that he's closed the gap on the Tories and has begun to climb the mountain to win the next general election. The government is responsible for tens of thousands of preventable deaths during the coronavirus pandemic. Labour should be 20 points ahead in the poll. That's exactly what our good friend, friend of the show, Tony Blair said. And so, therefore, it must be true. Tony Blair never knowingly lied to anyone, famously.
1: (laughs) Indeed. And I think as well, once you compound back with the fact that you're inevitably... Uh, gonna have a demobilised activist based with uh, sort of um with Labour HQ, David Evans, the general secretary, and Keir Starmer essentially treating a lot of the membership like dirt. And you're getting a lot of money coming out of the uh, you know, the unions pulling a lot of money out of their funders to the Labour Party, I think. Certainly the twenty twenty-one May elections are not gonna be a landslide 20-point victory for the Labour Party.
2: <laughs> exactly I think it's I mean it does shock me with all this tier 4 Welsh lockdown, Northern Irish lockdown you know going on that we, ha- we are facing one of the most incompetent governments in one of the, the most unstable times in history and we are still neck and neck if not sometimes point or two behind the Tories because the leader of the opposition will not go out and say things, just things.
0: He he will not say a word in public, which I mean, who knows? Maybe that's kind of wise. Maybe he's, maybe he's desperate to to preserve some sort of dignity because every time he speaks, there's some kind of problem. I don't, I I genuinely don't get why labor is one failing to break the 40% ceiling and two why the Tories are still hovering around 40%. Like I'm reminded of the Donald Trump comment, which was, you know, I could go out into Fifth Avenue and start shooting people, and they'd still vote for me. It's 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 feeling like that, and you don't want to you don't want to think it, but how hard baked is this thirty eight, thirty eight, thirty nine percent that seem to refuse to budge under any circumstances?
1: I'm just I'm just scared for kind of the run up to the next general election, in particular, when you know. (laughs) Keir Starmer hasn't, ha- you know, he hasn't done much so far. He's not been under much scrutiny, not come out with many policies or anything. And it, that's not happened basically for most of his life. So, what's going to happen in the run up to general election? I don't know. I, mean, I have this feeling that he's just going to crumble.
0: There's a particular incident that springs to mind. So, I will, I will share some of the juicy Twitter gossips. Uh, so uh, as as many people listening might be aware whenever a poll comes out and labor out 20 points ahead people post under it under it with various stories about why he should be 20 points ahead or you know There's lots of backstories about Keith now that exist out there on the internet and they're all very well written Actually, I feel like people should maybe put a bit more You know start extending them out into novels now because they're actually quite good prompts for stories But that's another topic there was one person, Valiant Keith Defender, who tried, who refuted, attempted to refute the 20 points ahead meme. It was liked by Keir Starmer's account. Now, I'm not saying Keir Starmer liked it because he might not be on the account all the time, but that is a really bad sign if you're that online that you're searching for the one guy defending you so you can like his tweet. It is not a good sign. Um, <laughs> so.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, this is what I mean. I think why don't we put our time into the policy making and the, the connecting with members again and trying to trying to kind of re reform the, the the divide that is is currently gaping in the middle of the party. But no, let's let's go and let's sit online and, and like a few tweets and that'll do. Yeah.
0: There's kind of an irony mm-hmm. like the Corbyn leadership and the people around him were described as being very insular and online and not really focusing on the real world. Kirsty is um being incredibly insular and online right now. He's scrolling through my Twitter feed right now. I guarantee it. No, he's probably not doing that. We might, we might be approaching time. Actually, I don't know how, where we are on the time here, but if we want to keep rambling, we might. But we might. It might be best to to say goodnight. Well, it is night. We're recording this late. Well, not late. It just looks late because it's. Winter and everything's horrible, and I'm suffering from winter brain. Terminal winter brain, it's not good. It's not good, folks.
2: Oh, 100%, 100%. But no, I think the, the entire Gaudem article issue has just shown another realm of ridiculousness that the leader of the opposition can, uh, can stoop to.
0: Yeah, I'm wondering what 2021 is actually going to bring us in terms of the ridiculousness, because it's, it's not ebbing, it's not reducing, like the level of ridiculousness is not going down as a function of time, which leaves me a bit concerned as to where we have to go from here. But, bring it yeah. on,
2: it's what I say.
0: Yeah, we're going to do a lot yeah. of episodes and whatever it is, I think, because this has been, if, if an intermittent experiment, a good one, and I've had good fun on it, I hope my co-hosts have had good fun being on with me. Every Last episode is enough. great fun. Yeah, it is. Could, and I hope the I listeners have enjoyed it. And I suppose we'll we'll do our outro. I'm not sure when this is going to be released, so I will cover all our bases and say, from me, Aaron and Sam, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Yes,
2: yep. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year,
1: and hopefully, 2021 will be a fresh new start. Or yeah,
0: no. let's hope for a kind. Let's wait of and see. Let's so hope for a kinder, gentler twenty twenty one, eh? Um, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Have a nice time, folks. Bye bye.